Well, today we're covering the second topic in our little three-topic relationship series on triangulation. Last time, Trey, we talked about how triangulation destroys relationships. And this time we're going to get a little more specific because some people out there might be saying, well, how do I do conflict without triangulation? You know, triangulation is kind of the path of least resistance for most people because of their fear of conflict. We're going to show people how to be proactive and not triangulate. So Trey, let's kind of bring Susie and Jen back into the discussion. Susie has a problem with Jen, but instead of going directly to Jen, Susie goes to third party Thad. I love these names. <laughs> and uh, let, let's just kind of start there before we get into these four steps. Um, what's the problem with Susie doing this? Well, I think one of the, the main things is that when you express your thoughts and your feelings um, to someone else in hopes that they can fix things for you, you know, I think it can be very innocent right? Like this, this is a, just a comforting thing. Usually if you go to this person, this dad, you know, this is someone that you trust, that you feel comfortable with, um, that has your best interest in mind. And so it, it's a natural place to go to, but Thad isn't, isn't Susie, you know? And so when, when Thad comes to Jen with this conversation, you know, it, it can get, uh, skewed. Um, it can get, you know, not quite, true to the way that the the situation actually happened and i think what can happen as well is you know susie and jen can grow in this this embitterment because mm -hmm. you know why did when jen thinks you know why did susie go to thad why didn't she just come to me mm -hmm. um and so there can be this resentment that continues to build and then a distrust you know because you know there might be some really serious deep issues happening and if Susie's going to Thad and saying, you know, Jen, you know, she did this, um, it can really betray someone's trust and, and really, you know, make things a lot worse. And so, um, but it, it's it's a very natural thing to do, and especially in our families, um, if we're comfortable with, you know, say one sibling or one brother, you know, one parent, it, it's really easy to do that. And so, you know, what we don't want to do is is add to the conflict, which, you know, make things more difficult. And that's why Jesus said it like this. And we this is kind of our theme verse for this whole series, Matthew 18, 15. If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. And so Jesus said, don't triangulate. You know, you need to have the courage to step into conflict and, uh, and it'll be good. It'll be better for your relationships if you do that. And, and Jesus doesn't just care about our spiritual lives. He cares about our relational lives. He cares about our emotional lives. And so he wants us to get this right. So Trey, we're going to give people four really practical things to do instead of triangulating. So these four statements that I'm going to have you walk us through, these four statements are statements that Susie should share with Jen, not with Thad, right? So Susie goes directly to Jen, a la Matthew 18, 15 and says these four things. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read the statement and I'm gonna have you explain it and maybe elaborate on it. So number one, first say this, Susie says to Jen, when you did this and explain what she did or said or whatever, I felt this. Yeah, so th this, is, this one I think is probably the most important because if we have a fear of conflict, if we're people pleasers, um, you know, I think that's a really honest place to come from. You know, our experiences can can build this in us sometimes. But if we have that fear and we do come to this person and don't triangulate and we kind of just word vomit on them, mm. 
you know, emotions can get out of hand really quickly. Um, and then you end up saying things that you regret that you don't even mean that you didn't intend to in the first place. And so the idea of this template is that you have kind of a script ready to help you along in your conversation. And what it does is it takes the emotion out of the the conversation and it helps it re- helps regulate that, that emotion. And so, um, when you can keep it simple and keep it straightened to the point and fact driven, it gets less uh, personal, less um, less agitating, and and more honest, I believe. And so, you know, when when Jen goes to Susie and she says, you know, when you did this, I felt, you know, what she's doing is is saying, look, your action has affected me in some way, and you know, this keeps it from you know saying, hey, you're a bad person, you mm-hmm. you don't care about yourself. It just says, hey, when you did this, you know, I felt uh, really betrayed. I felt really angry. Right. So. It keeps it simple, short, and to the point so that Jen and Susie both know exactly how uh, one and the other feels. And I think it's so important because in order for you to explain how you think, explain what needs to happen, you've got to be able to point out the problem, number one, and then express how that uh, made you feel the emotion that that brought. Yeah, and I think it's important for people to understand in conflict like this, you're talking about your emotions. You know, Trey, you said we need to keep it factual. And I think some people might argue and say, well, your emotions aren't factual. Well, they, they are to you, right? So Susie's not saying you're a terrible person. Susie's saying, here's how I felt. And that's that's the truth. I mean, that's how she felt. Now, you might disagree that she should have felt that way, but that is how she felt. So you're owning your own emotions. You're not guessing at motives. You're not pointing fingers. And then I, I like your second statement, Trey. You said, then you can say something like this. Well, well, here's what I thought or here's what that made me think. And is this where you're starting to draw? You're talking about the conclusions that you drew from what happened and why you came to those conclusions? Exactly, exactly. So, you know, instead of playing this blame game, you know, say, you know, what Susie did really betrayed Jen or vice versa, um, instead of, you know, Susie coming to Jen or Jen coming to Susie and saying, you know, you're a liar and you, you betray me and, and you, you just, you don't think anything about me. Um, what this template does is says, Hey, this is what happened. This is how it made me feel. I felt, I felt really sad. I was, I was really angry. And then that emotion produced this thought. This thought was that maybe you don't care about me or maybe, Mm. Maybe that you thought I did something, and it, it's not—it's not to be uh, concrete, right? Like you know, this isn't final. All it is is a tool to help you express um, your emotions and your thoughts, and so that you know, Jen or Susie can go, "Oh wow, you know, if, you, if you're a truly a, a good friend, um, and you truly love this person." You know, my my guess is that you'll say, "Oh wow, I had no idea that you felt that way." Right. Um, I had no idea that you thought that, and so it's it's never to be uh, aggressive. It's never to be a tool to you know prove yourself right or to become you know somehow the person that has the upper hand. That the idea is that you have this ability, you have this tool that helps you communicate your thoughts, your feelings, so that when the person sees this, they can really see you for who you are and what and what's actually happened rather than things you've dreamed up or 
um, maybe things that you assume. And so I don't know if that makes complete sense, but I, I think that, you know, if you practice this, it can be a, an extremely beneficial tool. Yeah. The word that comes to mind for me is you're being vulnerable. You're opening up your, like you said, your feelings and your thoughts to someone. You're not stating them as fact. You're not stating them as, you know, I'm sure that these are the right things to be thinking and feeling. You're putting them out there to give the other person an opportunity to respond to what you're thinking and feeling. And maybe you're going to clear up some misunderstandings. So this is kind of the beauty of this method. So far, you've only talked about your, your thoughts and feelings. The third thing is then you could ask, okay, I've said my piece, what's your perspective? And now this is where you give them an opportunity to respond and to share their own emotions and thinking. Yeah, exactly. And, and what I love about this is I would say, you know, a good portion of the time when you do this in a, in a true, genuine way, um, this portion is is usually way better than you can imagine, right? It's going, oh, wow, you know, I had no idea that that my action affected you this way. And it caused that thought. I'm, I'm you know, I'm truly sorry. Um, but when I said this, or I did that, I, I really had no intention of hurting you. Let me explain to you what what actually happened and, and what I did. And so this this really generates the conversation without all the emotions. And, you know, there's still emotion involved, but it's not so emotionally charged, right? So you don't feel attacked or, you know, shamed or anything like this. You feel like, hey, this is a conversation this person's being vulnerable with me. I can be vulnerable with them myself and we can clear up this conflict. Yeah, that's good. I'm with you that I think for a lot of people, if they've never really done conflict like this before, they might be pleasantly surprised at how it just kind of tears down that barrier and that wall and more vulnerable, transparent relationship is a result of it. A better friendship, a better marriage, a, you know, a better family relationship is a result. In trade, then you say that the last thing, and I, I really think this last thing is important. At the end, then you say, well, here's what we should do now. So you, you always try to get to a solution or make a clear suggestion for next steps. Because in some conflict, there might be some next steps to take. Like, hey, next time, why don't you just, why don't you come to me and I, I, I invite you to share directly with me. It won't hurt my feelings, right? But you offer clear next steps. Yeah, I, I think this one is, is very important uh, because as we all know, um, as human beings, you know, that that not all conflict ends well, you know, so, you know, I, I think for the conflict that doesn't end well, that you can still state what you need, right? Mm -hmm. You can say, um, you know, hey, Susie, I know that, you know, this is kind of what happened and we've talked about this. And I think that, it, you know, in order for us to continue to be friends or to move on from this, this is what I need from you. And then you can, you know, say, hey, what do you, what do you need from me as well? Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's super important because, you know, in relationship, we're kind of repeat offenders, right? <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely obsessive compulsive. And so, you know, my wife is more relaxed and easygoing. And so, you know, my common offense is that I'm straightening up things and, and getting, you know, antsy when things aren't straight. And, and, you know, we've been married for six years and I've had to really work through that. But what this does is it says hey, this is what happens. We've talked about, you know, our thoughts and our feelings. I think this is the path that will give us the best tools that we need to move on from this, to grow from this and to uh, be free, there for each other in, in this. So um, I, I do think it's, it's extremely important to express 
your needs because it, it gives you a roadmap um, to follow in order to, to heal from whatever conflict has happened. So those are the four steps to doing conflict without triangulation. And uh, we're going to bring Susie and Jen and Thad in just one more time because we've got a final lesson after this one. We're going to talk about how to find wise counsel because it's not just about going one-on-one -on -one with someone. You might also still need to have a wise counselor from the outside. We're going to talk about how to do that without triangulating.